everyone. Welcome to the Power and Community podcast brought to you by Art of Me. I'm your host, Shonda. Remember that Art of Me is a nonprofit organization that works with young people to share their stories and perspectives through writing, art, and film. Recently, we have began um, a project with the HIV and AIDS collaborative effort to get more information to at-risk communities in Cleveland and New York City. We've had a couple medical professionals on, um, some activists on who are part of the HIV and AIDS community. Um, we've even had positive people on to talk about their story and, you know, how they live with HIV and AIDS, how they thrive with HIV and AIDS. And we're on our final episode. And our special guest today is founder and executive director, Michelle Jackson Rollins, who founded and continues to work with her organization, We Think for a Change. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're actually ha happy to have you on here because we wanted to talk to people who have more of a hand in the community. Like it's great talking to professionals and things like that, but people who actually kind of like are face to face with people like uh, in a more intimate way, especially in uh, black and brown neighborhoods, that's who we kind of wanted to tap in and talk to because Art of Me, we focus more on... Um, black and brown students who might not have advantages that other people have. Um, so we're glad to have you on the podcast to give us that perspective. Thank you. How, yeah, no problem. How about we start out with you telling us a little bit about who you are, how do you identify in this world and what are you passionate about? Okay, well, I'm very passionate about my faith and spirituality. <laughs> and uh, I am passionate about being an advocate. I am passionate about people without voice because people living uh, with problems are just that, people. And they deserve to be treated with the same respect and compassion as anyone else. Every human being deserves the right to have access to fair and just treatment. Uh, fairness is not a white or rich people issue. This is a myth. And that must be dismantled in my community. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Uh, faith and spirituality, dismantling um, the thoughts that people who are rich, people who are white deserve better than everybody else. And that everybody deserves for a cheap, fair treatment, regardless of who they are. So let's talk about the organization that you founded, We Think for a Change. What is We Think for a Change and who is it targeted towards? We think for a change, target those dealing with disorder. People are or have been unfairly judged and discriminated against. We try to advocate uh, those who have had difficulty uh, accessing care, experience difficulty because of their um, finances, where they live, who they are, and other circumstances. Yeah, I think that that is a great program because honestly, some people really do slip through the gaps. So we do need stuff like we think for a change. Well, sometimes I think people just default to being like, well, they said they can't help me. They said they can't help me. So I guess I can't get help. And so programs like we think for a change definitely bridges that gap for people um, like that. What are some ways that you've seen We Think for a Change progress the HIV AIDS movement within urban communities in Cleveland? 
Well, the fears surrounding the emerging HIV epidemic in the 80s largely continues today. Uh, at that time, very little was known about how HIV is transmitted, which made people scared of those infected due to fear of it being of um, fear of infection. Uh, in Cleveland, roughly one uh, in eight people living uh, with HIV is being denied. Uh, health services because of stigma and discrimination. Uh, so adopting a human rights approach to HIV and AIDS is in the best interest of public health and is key to eliminating stigma and discrimination. Wow, I did not know those statistics about Cleveland at all. I had no idea that the, that that we were dealing with that I do know that HIV and AIDS, uh, the HIV and AIDS situation is something that every community deals with. I just didn't know that it was so close to home. And that's one thing that I was talking to Brian C. Jones about is that he, he told me, you know, that it's important for us to know because it affects us all. It's not just something that we can say, well, that's that group or that's their problem. Um, but it's something that really does affect us. So I do have another question for you. You being a community advocate, being the founder of We Think for a Change, um, and just being out in the community for over six years, what have you learned about facilitating urban spaces as a Black woman with Black people? Well, what I learned is inaccurate information about how HIV is uh, transmitted creates irrational behaviors and misperceptions uh, of personal risk. Uh, there is no one way to advocate. It really depends on what's important and inspiring to you. Uh, and what you feel comfortable with, advocacy must start with open and honest dialogue. Being an advocate is important to me because I believe the only way we are going to eliminate the stigma, judgment, and discrimination surrounding who we are as people is by putting our names and faces on our stories. I agree. I think a lot of the times um, Black perspective, Black stories kind of get drowned out from you know, the narrative, we, we just aren't the ones that are in the forefront. And we have to do that for ourselves because we cannot expect other people to do it because they're not going to do it. I mean, we have history and years and years of experience to see it's going to be up to us to change our community and actually affect urban spaces where we live and where we thrive. So I have another question for you. What's your understanding of how HIV and stigma affect our community? Have you seen the progression of how we as Black people understand HIV and AIDS? Well, in our community, the Black community, myths and misinformation uh, increase stigma and discrimination surrounding HIV and AIDS. There is a recurring relationship between stigma and HIV. People who experience stigma and discrimination are um, frozen out and uh, made more vulnerable to HIV. 
while those living with HIV are more vulnerable to experience stigma and discrimination. Yeah, and not even when you're talking about discrimination, you're talking about us against one another pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree that um, misinformation does result in discrimination. And in the Black community, just in healthcare in general, we don't have a great history with the healthcare system. A lot of the times we do not trust them because historically how we were treated um, concerning doctors and nurses and healthcare, how we were experimented on in a lot of situations, people just don't go to the doctor, which does result in misinformation, which does result in us not treating each other very well and discriminating against one another. I 100% agree with that. So are stigmas changing though? What are some things that are still challenges for our community? Well, the term stigma is not stationary, meaning stigma does not lack in movement. As a cultural experience, stigma changes over time, just as public values, attitudes, and preferences in many areas of life changes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I totally understand that. I think it does if, if we, we aren't stigmatizing one thing, we sometimes go to stigmatize something else. And so it does continue to, to happen. I can see that. Um, so all we can do is continue to bring that information in so that, I don't know, we can just continue to grow and change our perspectives. As a community advocate, can you just give us a description of your day, maybe at We Think For a Change or just being out in the community um, doing the things that you do? What, what's a day in your life like? Well, there's no one way to advocate. It really depends on what's important and inspiring uh, to you and what you feel comfortable with. Being an advocate is important to me because I believe uh, I believe that uh, we are going to eliminate stigma. Uh, judgment and discrimination surrounding people, and especially is by putting our names and faces on stories. It's all about the story. When we're out in the community, we're busy uh, reducing stigma and increasing awareness. Yeah, I guess it just goes back to um, around HIV. Yeah, I guess it just goes back to putting um, faces um, faces on what's going on, um, putting our black faces on what's going on so that we can continue to build awareness. But I like what you said about it not being one thing. Like every day you go out, you don't receive the same experience. You kind of, depending on what's going on at that time, you have different things. And I think a lot of people, um, need to understand that about advocacy, that when you're advocating for groups of people, it's going to change day to day, depending on what the need is, depending on what the stigma is, depending on what's going on. Um, does being a Black woman have an impact on the way you facilitate in spaces providing sexual health and HIV and AIDS prevention? Uh, yes, it impacts the way I choose to facilitate for this key reason. African-American women receive poorer quality care than white women. It means the denial of care when African-American women uh, seek help when ending uh, enduring pain or that healthcare and social service providers fall to treat them with dignity and respect. 
and this this is this is for real you know uh, i experienced it me uh, in, uh, individually these stressors and the cumulative experience of racism and sexism especially during sensitive developmental periods trigger a chain of biological processes that impact everything we do. So for that reason, it is all about your story. There is a tremendous amount of power in reflecting on how you think and talk about who you are and how you can help others in your life to make a more positive and accepting uh, stance. I think you hit the nail on the head about being a black woman and getting medical help. It is, we do get treated differently. And I think even um, maternal uh, statistics show you that uh, how women who are black women who are pregnant die at increasingly alarming rates than any other race. And so we are treated um, differently. And, and that, infe- that affects the way we view medical help and it affects the way we view ourselves and, you know, just the help that we need. So I think that's a hundred percent true. And we, as black people have to be aware of that and call for a change with the medical industry because it's rooted, it's rooted historically in studies yes, that they, you know, they have come up with just saying we have higher pain tolerance. We, we don't understand. And, you know, so it's just, it's a lot of um, stigma referring to that. So I, I love that. I love that you pointed that out. It's important to know that. Um, when you speak about HIV and aging, what do you mean? What do those two things have to do with one another? Well, stigma and discrimination manifest itself in many ways. Uh, discrimination and other human rights violations may occur in healthcare settings, uh, bearing people from uh, assessing health services or uh, enjoying quality health care. We believe aging adults living with HIV and other key affected populations are shunned by family, peers, and the wider community. While others face poor treatment in educational and work settings, erosion of their rights and uh, psychological damage, these are all limit access to HIV testing, treatment, and other HIV services. Yeah, I can 100% believe what you're saying. You know, I might not be experiencing it firsthand, but um, I I did work uh, in a center one time, like a day center with elderly individuals. And I saw, I saw the truth. Um, Made me not even want to ever think about sending my mother any place when she gets Mm -hmm. older, because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so true. Um, And I can only imagine if that, if people are behaving that way with uh, aging ailments like Alzheimer's or you know other things that come with getting older, mm-hmm. then HIV care is clearly not at the forefront mm-hmm. at all because they're not even getting that that basis mm-hmm. of health correct. Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree with you on that. That that is something that we need to um, factor in. What about older people who are experiencing HIV and AIDS? Are they getting the care that they need? Um, it's not fair, and there needs to be specific things written in to give those people that health care, um, written in our laws and written in practices. Um, what does being an ally for the HIV-AIDS community mean? What does it look like for those who aren't yet a part of the community but want to get involved? Well, I just couldn't sit by and do nothing. 
uh, it seemed wrong to me. I tried to hide in plain sight <laughs> so I could avoid the negative reaction, but it felt so fake to me in those times when nothing, absolutely nothing worked. Becoming an advocate for those who suffer from depression, anxiety, and stigma gave me a purpose to strive for, to get out of bed. Today, I continue to feel that benefit of service. It connects the random uh, dots of life for me. I like that you said you couldn't sit by and do nothing. A lot of us do. A lot of us do just sit by. We see the issues and we say, oh, I mean, that's sad. That's terrible. But when you see something and you see what needs to be done, even if you help just a little bit, one person, you know, attaching themselves to several more people can start a movement that really would change the situation that a lot of us are in or a lot of our communities are in. So I like that accountability because I want our listeners to know this isn't just Michelle's problem. It isn't just my problem. Just because we're discussing it and we care about it, it's about you that are listening to. You have to, now that you know you're accountable, don't look at this as something where you could just separate yourself from the situation just because maybe you don't have HIV and AIDS or you don't know anybody who has, who has HIV and AIDS. That community exists they need assistance. And although they're progressing medically, as Michelle said, there are people who are falling through the cracks because they can't afford health care. I even was told by one of the individuals we had on here, um, Cedric Taylor, who is a positive uh, black gay man. He was talking about the, how expensive the medicine is for HIV and AIDS. And so it goes back to your point, um, Michelle, about those people who cannot afford it and are not getting the health care that they need. Um, so you have a new initiative with, uh, we think, for a change called Getting Care, Staying Care, and Thriving Care. What is this initiative about and who is it for? The initiative is designed to increase awareness of those who face stigma and discrimination. Uh, we believe stigma and discrimination makes people more vulnerable to HIV. Uh, those most at risk to HIV, key affected population, continue to face stigma and discrimination based on their actual or perceived health status, race, socioeconomic status, age, sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity, or other uh, ground. Okay, so this is just being all inclusive of people who experience dis discrimination in healthcare as far as um, getting help with HIV and AIDS. Um, so that's part of we think for a change. Um, I do have one final question. So if someone wanted to get involved with we think for a change, what would be the first thing that they needed to do? I would say to people, you cannot be an advocate for others if you do not advocate for yourself uh, first. Advocating for yourself means getting educated, understanding your triggers, developing coping skills, and stating your needs. I recommend those interested share their story. Start with family and friends, which also will reveal whether you're ready for a wider audience. And we're always we we are always accepting volunteers. Thank you so much, uh, Miss Michelle. This has been a great, great, great podcast with a wealth of information. This is our final episode um, concerning the HIV and AIDS collaborative. And I think we're ending on a good note where we are calling for all of you guys to just pick up your swords and join the fight with us. 
you, you're hearing on the information, you have the medical information, you have the firsthand experience with positive people who are a part of the community. And you have people like Miss Michelle here who saw an issue and she got up and did something. So now you have an example of somebody who wasn't even included in the community at first and now they're, they've put themselves in the community. So you don't have an excuse. You have to join us. You have to be a part of the change, even if it's just sharing this information with your local school, your family and your friends. Just start because this concerns you too. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Ms. Michelle. It's been great. Thank you. And so have you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, everybody listening in, do not forget, do not forget that you can connect with us on our social Instagram and Facebook at Art of Me Org, our website, www.artofme.org. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share because it really helps us out. All right, guys, until the next podcast. Bye.